0: Welcome Suns fans to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. The game must have just ended because we're going live and that's what we do here at the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Every time the Suns play right afterwards, you'll have an opportunity to watch the Suns Jam Session Podcast. We'll be reacting to what we see and I'll t- I'll tell you this, Matthew, it's nice to have basketball back, isn't it?
1: It is. I mean, it was here, just not Suns basketball. Nothing's better than Suns basketball, right? Especially when they're losing.
0: It's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just the same old Suns. You know, it's just. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about it. You know, we're going against the Grizzlies, who are a team that I feel like kind of has the Suns number. And then I was thinking, I'm like, well, we said the same thing about. The Wizards, and the same thing about the Pistons. And I was like, oh, yeah, everybody has a Suns number for the past decade. So every time we run into a team and we lose, we should just start off the podcast. Like, well, you know, the Grizzlies, they're a team that historically has the Suns number.
1: Yeah, they have like a mental hold on us. I don't know what it is, no matter who is in the Suns uniform. It's always a tough outing. Even if we're supposed to be better than the Memphis Grizzlies right now, it's it's not looking that way, right? I mean, the lineup was changed today. That was supposed to help everything. I'm sure we'll get into that later, but first of all, happy Martin Luther King Day and uh, happy birthday, John. Oh, it's my birthday.
0: Oh, it's yeah. your birthday. It's yeah. your birthday. Happy birthday to you, Matthew. How many times in your life has your birthday fallen on Martin Luther King Day? I've never counted. I would say maybe three or four times. I mean, mathematically seen as you turn 32 today, that's probably a high probability, but yes, happy Martin Luther King Day. Happy birthday to Matthew. Uh, thank you to everybody who's joining us in the chat. Remember to subscribe to the podcast at Suns Jam on both Instagram. Twitter and TikTok. If you are watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit the thumbs up button, hit the bell. That'll let you know that we go live. Make sure you subscribe to the bright side of the sun podcast network, wherever you get your podcast, please subscribe, rate and review Matthew in your honor. I'm going to have a teeth cracking cold brew. I got a Ballast point grapefruit sculpin IPA for you today, brother. So let's, uh, let's pop this bad That's boy weird. open. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. And let's talk about that son's loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. So following a week long hiatus in which the Phoenix Suns didn't play any basketball due to the contact tracing following the loss of the Washington Wizards a week ago, Monday, the Suns go to the Memphis, which I don't, the music city, I guess that's them. We yep. go up, we, we go there. And unfortunately we lose a four point game to the Grizzlies 108 to 104, a game that you feel like the Suns should have won, but you can't, truly fault them knowing that they've been off for a week. So I guess the one burning question I like to start off every podcast with for you, Matthew, is you know, Cam Johnson did get that that nod to start over Jay Crowder. Do you think that this is a permanent change or based purely on this matchup, and is it the right move?
1: Man, no, it's not. To me, I think it should have never happened. I was way against this, switching anything up in the starting lineup. I know they're struggling, but what's the worst thing you can do is – change it up and then we lose a game. And then maybe you put Jay Crowder back in just to make it worse. I, I wanted them to get the continuity. I wanted them to have, um, you know, that time to work together as a starting unit with Jay Crowder in the lineup. I don't think Cam Johnson, even though we predicted uh, most of us that he would take over the starting role, but he's not that guy yet. I feel like he's, he's a solid player. He has some good plays with eight. of course, uh, on the pick and roll like he was pretty good at that but that stuff jay crowder is a good passer too like we found out this year too so i'm not sure exactly what the suns were looking for so i i didn't like it i mean what did you think i didn't know it was coming till they tipped the ball off
0: <laughs> well i know that coming into this game monty had an opportunity to obviously throughout the last week take a lot of look at the film and, and take a look at the different lineups and probably know, with his coaching staff have an opportunity to watch a lot of game tape and figure out, okay, what's the most productive version of this lineup? And we knew in the first 11 games that the first team just wasn't cutting it. I believe they had a net rating of of points or a plus minus of 0.04, which was like 22nd in the NBA. Whereas you look at our our bench and they had a plus minus of about 4.0, you know, plus, you know, in the plus. So, Definitely something that needed to be tweaked. And I think that's what this was to begin this game is the Suns decided, you know what, we're going to go ahead and we're going to give Cam Johnson an opportunity. It worked in the bubble, you know, plus Ricky Rubio that that's what that lineup was for those eight games in Orlando. So minus Ricky Rubio add CP three, this should have worked on paper, but then of course the first half started and it was to be expected that the Suns came out cold one for seven to start the game. And, you know, you know, fortunately for us, the Grizzlies looked like they had had some time off, too, although they haven't. And they allowed the Suns to kind of hang around and be in the game. And after one quarter, the Suns were actually up six points. So despite a slow start, they were still up six points. I mean, it it was to be expected that they were going to start slow, correct?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, especially if you're if you're trying to work with a new lineup. I mean, it's one guy, but you would think maybe it's not a big deal. But I mean, it is, I mean, they've had issues so far this season with the starting lineup. So what's going to make it worse, maybe switching it up, putting camp Johnson in there, he was, I love camp Johnson uh, so much. Like everyone loves camp Johnson, but he's just had such a good role coming off the bench where I just wanted him to stick there. And I love it when him and uh, Galloway come off the bench, just that shooting, like there's someone that can shoot and then drive the ball and dish it too. And that's the way he is now. You already have that a lot with the starting lineup. Um, But the slow start was fine. It was okay. I mean, that's when I first started saying to myself, I'm like, okay, why are you doing this to the lineup? Then after that, it was like all the lineups seemed so weird. There wasn't really anything that stuck out that was great with what Monty was trying to do with the starting lineups. Um, So maybe he's trying to still figure things out, but they should have just left it alone.
0: Well, I I think with Dario Sarch, Jalen Smith, and Damian Jones all being out for this game, Frank Kaminsky's your backup five. So there was you knew some funky lineups were gonna were gonna you know become available to him if you will yeah. I noticed there was at one point you had Chris Paul you had Javon Carter you had Devin Booker at the three and I was like okay this is an interesting one and then like you said the the lineups just kind of got a little bit weirder and, and that's Monty trying to do something with the roster that he has available unfortunately it just it didn't necessarily work there wasn't a lot of continuity i mean yeah. the only guy who was uh truly con- had a continuous game was deandre ayton the guy who for the past week everybody on in sun's twitter was absolutely destroying so i, I know it's early in the podcast but it's time for ayton watch 2021 how about Ayton this game huh
1: yeah i mean it's it was it was called by you basically in Twitter, just saying. Following his crappy games, he comes back and he has these games. I mean, eighteen points, sixteen rebounds, ridiculous. I mean, defensive end. He was dunking. I think he had three or four dunks this game. The reverse dunk before the end one. Absolutely amazing. This is exactly what we wanted to see from Aiden. Of course, a lot of us didn't want to really trade him or, you know, weren't really bashing him. We were just there was a lot going on with the starting lineup. He wasn't the only one. And then it's crazy too, because it's like Devin Booker had this game, but no one's gonna go after him really. Let's trade that guy. But Aiden, amazing today. I he reminded me when he was getting the ball. I think he had the ball every possession like the first 20 possessions of the game, he was touching the ball. And I love that. That's something I've always wanted Aiden to be a part of is to be like the cannon in the middle of what we have on the offensive end to where he can he can find the wide open guy. As soon as he's doubled, he knows exactly where to go with the ball. That's something I love to see too. But he just made a lot of, he made a lot of the uh, great efforts that we wanted to see early in the season, but he's just more consistent this game. But then also you have to make sure, you have to know that Valentinus was not in the game jjj of course was out so when he goes up against greater competition maybe we can compare this game against that but we we had to see this from me it's just too bad the rest of the team really couldn't back him up especially devin booker but i mean come on dude Aiden, good job all huh, right
0: yeah i mean what a fantastic performance uh the, the people who own a lot of time on I Hate DeAndre Ayton Island uh, were very quiet tonight on both Facebook and Twitter, all social media. They just mm-hmm. kind of took the night off because he was doing everything that everybody's been pining for. He was dunking the ball. He was going up strong. He was forcing the issue. He was catching the ball. Uh, he was passing with effectiveness. I mean, I think that that's one thing that is not necessarily highly rated from him because every time he gets the ball in the block – You know, what happens? He passes out of it, and everybody's like, Well, why didn't he turn around and jump and and make the shot? It's like, you know, (laughs) he he sometimes looks for the pass. And what started to happen in this game is he started to see those double teams and he passed out of it, and we're hitting three balls in the corner by Cam Johnson. So you can see how having DA as a focal point of this offense is beneficial and how we need to continue to develop him. He's going to have another bad game, and, you know, it's guaranteed. He's still learning, he's still young. And that's why I think that you and I have both kind of been advocates on this podcast talking about how. It's like, listen, just give him time. I know that against uh, the Wizards, a game where they had Thomas Bryant out and they had their top guys out, he, he should have dominated as well. But you know what? As a team, they sucked. It wasn't just DeAndre Ayton. It was as a team, they sucked. And when, yeah. he, has the, when he has those matchups where he should dominate and he hasn't done so, yeah, we get frustrated. But he's learning. And tonight was a good opportunity. I can't wait to go back and look at some of the statistics, the advanced metrics, to see how many touches he had, see how many passes he had, to see all those advanced stats that really dictate how dominant his performance was. Because 18 and 16, you know, don't get me wrong, that's not as sexy as 30 and 18, like everybody wants from him. But 18 and 16, and he made it look sexy tonight, brother.
1: Yeah, he did. But the best thing, too, for the team as a whole, it's just continue to give him the ball. I mean, Aiden, of course, he needs to learn, but the best way is for him to have the ball, I think, every possession. Why not? I mean, you have your point guards have the ball. Like Booker's going to touch the ball at least once. Aiden, who you want to be the second best guy on this team, needs to have the ball for that experience, to be in those situations and know what to do with the ball when he does have it. And we saw tonight, it's not only for him to be consistent going to next game and continuing this, no matter who he's up against, but it's the team giving him the ball too, as well. I want to see the next game more than anything is just keep feeding him please.
0: So one thing I was thinking about during this game is, do, do you think DA needs to perfect the going up for a rebound and screaming at the top of his lungs technique that a lot of guys use? Cause there was a couple of times early in the game where he was going for the rebound. Another guy would go up and D, although DA had positioning on him, the guy would scream. I think it was that Jang guy. And and it was like a yeah. foul on DA yeah. back and he just kind of looked, looked at the ref. Like I, I didn't do anything. It's so like, that needs yeah. to be kind of the next step of his evolution is just learning how to have those blood curdling screams anytime he does anything, a la Dylan Brooks.
1: Yeah, it's like an arrow shot into his shoulder. or something. like, ah, like that's what they do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, they always oh, yeah, something hit me in the shoulder. That's the that's what they do. I don't know. I think Da even when he was going for the offensive boards, he I feel like he was jumping a couple inches higher tonight to get those balls. I really he was in that groove tonight. He was scoring rebounding, whatever he was given the extra effort, but he needs to probably maybe next year. He can focus on that. It's drawing the fouls on the rebounds. Cause a lot of players get away with that, but I mean, I'm okay. If he has the 16 rebounds with the four offensive rebounds. Uh, that's, that's a great game for me or for him. Not for me. It was quite
0: Ooh. the birthday present. He provided you yeah, today. like, was. you know what? I'm a dominate. I'm dominate <laughs> tonight. So it was, yeah. it was nice to finally see that. It was definitely overdue. It's something that we obviously will continue to monitor throughout the years, see how he progresses yeah. in his third season. But performances like this can stabilize the offense. Another thing that can assist is the defense. And I think that that's something, again, that I noticed on both sides of the ball, in all honesty, was just pesky hands, deflections. Um, you know, Bridges on John Morant early in the game was effective, as was Cam Johnson on Brandon Clark. What did you see from both of those guys and how they played defense tonight?
1: Well, I think they held their own, but yeah, Bridges, he had the two fouls early again, so he kind of was taken away in the first half. Didn't see too much of him. But defensively you did, but offensively he never really got in the groove, but defensively, I mean, these guys, that's why I kind of like Cam coming off the bench too cuz you can intertwine him a little bit more more better.
0: Yes, more better.
1: More better. <laughs> I like it. I
0: like it. You can their yeah. their intertwining ability is much more better.
1: Yeah, you can you can put him in different situations when he's coming off the bench. Then then I think when you have them starting together, because you have to stagger their minutes a little differently. Um, they're just so much of the same. I feel like in a way on the defensive end, that when one is out of the game, the other one can really defend in the same way. Even though mikhail we think is the defensive player of the year kind of nominee, or first team, second team, whatever. You you're almost getting the same thing from Cam Johnson. That's why I kind of want him coming off the bench too to help in that way. But they held their own, man. I feel like offensively, it didn't really go, especially for Cam Johnson, who uh, maybe it's a lot of pressure for him coming into the game starting, putting up the 10 points. But I just think that's a different role for him now. So he's going to find It is different for players. We watching the game know that it, it shouldn't be any different but it is when you're starting and coming off the bench it affects players drastically so it'll be interesting to see if he continues next game that way but i mean did you see it on the defensive end from these guys
0: yeah definitely i mean i think the way that cam johnson was starting out playing against brandon clark he was he He was holding him (laughs) (laughs) he was <laughs> <rest of> it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a while since we did a podcast. <laughs> we are used to do them after every game. And then there was a week without games. Um, but I thought that he was effective on Brandon Clark. And it was kind of fun to watch yeah. at the beginning because that is the guy who a lot of Suns fans wanted us to draft last year. It's like, okay, if we're trading out of the number six pick and the Jarrett Culver essentially pick, um, we should go for Brandon Clark. He's a local guy. He went to Desert yeah, Vista like High School in Ahwatukee, Uh, And then to see him kind of go against Cam Johnson, it was something that... Is one of those kind of stories within the stories as you watch this game. Now, Brandon Clark, 17 total points, had five rebounds. Cam Johnson, 10 and four. You know, obviously, Brandon Clark's used to starting. He gets 35 minutes to Cam Johnson's only 23 minutes. But at the same time, I thought that he was effective on him early, as was Bridges on Morant. I think it was a really good idea to put long ass Bridges on Morant. Try your best to hold the guy in check because you know he's a young, budding superstar who's you know, waiting, ready and waiting to go off. And, you know, he did a good job on him in the first half. The first half, he had eight points and he had four turnovers. You know, come the second half, he ended with 17 points, but he only he still only had those four turnovers. And while he had five assists in the first half, he also had five in the second half as well. So John ja Morant is just one of those guys who, you know, obviously you and I are big fans of him. We kind of were more in his camp than in the Zion camp prior. Were,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I definitely yeah. was last year. Yeah. Um, And then we dropped to six and it didn't matter Um, or two years ago, I guess now
1: two years ago.
0: Yeah. God, time flies, you know, back when you were 30, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's not an easy task to do what Mikhail is asked to do night in and night out. And for him to do that and still come up with 17 points and eight boards, uh, it was a really good game by Mikhail. you know, six for nine shooting. It's an effective uh, scoring night for him. And he continues to wow. And, I really enjoyed the last quarter because that's when he really started to yep. put up the numbers. I mean, he had four points in the first half, so he had his other 13 in the second half. When he was going down court and there was three guys on him, he just said, fuck it, I'm going to the rim, and he mm-hmm. laid it in. I mean, I thought that was it. And then, unfortunately, the Suns went cold and they lost the game. But, I mean, Mikhail Bridges just continues to showcase how it, it, it's going to be tough for Suns brass when this season's over and there's an opportunity to offer – Contract extensions to both him and DeAndre Ayton. It they they're gonna have some really tough decisions now. Granted, we're twelve games into the season. Yeah. I don't want to go all the way down that route and start, you know, picking apart what James Jones and Robert Sarver and and the entire Suns, you know, management team has mm-hmm. to figure out. But man, he's a good player.
1: Yeah, we can't really think about that right now because you just made me really depressed. The the contract stuff, I usually never try to focus on too much. It's like you're getting great play from these players, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, I mean, who are you going to resign? Who? How much money are you going to give these guys? I just don't want to think about that right now. But um, Mikel, he he holds his own really on the court now, especially at the end of the game. It's like, who do you want in the game at the end? It's going to be cam johnson is going to be mikhail bridges i know they went to that lineup really late chris paul didn't come in i think to the fourth quarter till almost three minutes left in the quarter and it was kind of weird in that way to where deandre didn't come in either with till five minutes left but i I trust mikhail bridges i feel like i trust deandre and i trust cam johnson Uh, those three in the paint i feel like they they're so long they're so everywhere to where they can really deflect the ball give their offense another opportunity on the offensive boards. And they're just the defense, the length, the the way they can stay in front of anybody on the court point guards, they can guard the five, like those three guys. I just love to have them at the end of the game. I know I was talking about Cam Johnson, not starting the game. Like I didn't like him starting the game really, but to have him at the end of the game, we talked about that on the podcast where I love that lineup at the end where Jay Crowder is on the bench. And then you have Cam Johnson in there for him. So those three in the middle is something I love to see.
0: Yeah, as do I, and I think that Jay Crowder coming in and playing off the bench is something that is something we're not necessarily used to seeing, but it is yeah. it was effective tonight. So I think that the they'll, they'll, the the Suns will stick with a starting lineup that includes Cam Johnson and just try try that out for a few games, and then see. Obviously, when we get Dario Saric and we get that depth back. How that will uh, will play out. Uh, the yeah, one thing we obviously haven't talked about is the fact that this was the Devin Booker game, um, not necessarily in a good manner. He really did not have a good game, and the way that he ended the game was, I mean, borderline atrocious. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the worst. I'm surprised. I have to give you kudos. Like we're, you're not really coming out here too hot headed. I feel like we would have been. We kind of learned our lesson with the other podcast where we keep it calm a little bit. Especially after a game, I'm trying to. This is the worst (laughs) Booker's game. Booker's Booker game. I've I've think I've ever seen. I mean, I don't even know where to start. He's, it's just his judgment wherever he's on the court, what to do with the ball was really off today. I mean, there's a couple times where he would take the center out to sent to the to half court to really start like his ISO play to where he could take him off the dribble and then just stop the dribble and pass out of it. A lot of the things he were he was doing was out of character. And then the thing that bugged me the most was really in the beginning, the first quarter where he went out to try to draw a foul. And it came down. It was a travel. He didn't get the call, but the guy didn't touch him. And he throws the ball and gets a technical. And I don't know if Monty was yelling at him or the ref. I don't know who, he, but it looked like he was yelling at Booker to me to like, Hey, you're costing your team a point here because of your selfish play. Basically, we've seen this with Booker in the past. I thought we were kind of over it. It's only the first quarter and you're starting out terribly. Then just get into the game with your team. Like you don't have to take this this team on by yourself, man. Like nothing's really going for you, but help in other ways. And I think he did that later in the game. The shooting was just never there, and that really, really killed the Suns tonight.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's it's frustrating to see your star come out on national television. He hits the first shot, and you're like, "Oh shit, here we go, Devin yeah. Booker, baby." The rest of the country is going to be reminded who this man is. <laughs> And then as the as the game progresses, he finishes the first half three for twelve from the field with seven points. And he finishes the game five for twenty-one with 12 points. Five for twenty one. That that's that's tough, man. Three total turnovers. And mm-hmm. I think what really but here's the crazy thing. You know, it, it's like the DeAndre Ayton games. There's games in which DeAndre Ayton hasn't been playing well, but the Suns, as a team, have the ability to overcome it. And they win the game despite the, the efforts of DA, the sun's yeah. lost this game because of the efforts of Devin Booker. You look at the last two minutes of the game. Okay. The sun's are up 98 to 96. Booker misses a pull up 11 footer. Okay. There's, there's a rebound by uh bridges Crowder misses. There's another rebound. Or, Booker misses that driving dunk eight rebounds it again, and then loses the ball off a turnover. So we get like three opportunities to really pad that lead right there. The next possession down after Tyus Jones, who I'd mentioned on some of our draft uh, re- or preview stuff, mm-hmm. the guy from uh, Duke, he goes down, he ties the game. Booker comes down and misses a three-pointer. And then uh, Allen makes a three-pointer. And then Booker comes down and misses a reverse layup. And and Aiton's the one who, who dunks it in, okay? And that puts us down two points. And, you know, then, then he... You know, he fouls. I mean, he just – he really had a bad end to this game, and it reminded me, you know, he missed another three with six seconds. I mean, it's just – it really reminded me of a lot of the the challenges the Suns faced over the past five years where what we used to dub the last three minutes of the game, Booker ball. When Booker would – you know, the, 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 the Suns would be in close in the game. It would be a challenging game. They, they might have fought back on the shoulders of Devin Booker or they're trying to hold on to a lead and Devin Booker tried to essentially become a one-man show, and the game would be lost. And that's exactly what happened tonight, man.
1: Yeah, no, it it is, and it's kind of disappointing because you always feel like maybe with him now, he would get maybe a couple of big shots, but even when he was 11 feet, like you said, from the hoop, nothing was going in, and he missed a lot of passes too. The DA, he started the game off pretty well with DA. There was a couple pick and rolls where he hit him, but then after after the first half, going into the second, like he just couldn't hit him. He was throwing the ball away, but there was a time there where the whole team was just trying to feed Aiden and Aiden could not get the ball. They were just turning the ball over one after the other. It was like, okay, chill out on the Aiden thing. Okay. I love him touching the ball, but move the ball around and have him move from the other side or something like that, just to get open if they needed him to have the ball, but they were forcing it to him. But Booker couldn't find him either on a couple times. And he was just in his own head. I think he just had one of those games. It's like, if you were to ask him 10 years from now, like, Hey, this game against Memphis, I'm sure you were. I'm sure he wouldn't remember. But if you were to ask him if he did remember, like, hey, what was going on this game, he'd probably be like, "Well, I lost my shoe, and I almost was gonna cry and go to the <laughs> locker room." Because if that was me and I lost my shoe after having that start of a game, like the terrible game he's had, like the F minus game he just had, I would have probably cried and went into the locker room because you lose your shoe and then you you botch the dunk. The dunk, the ball hits the front of the rim. At least he didn't airball it, but you hit, you miss that. It's just. It couldn't have gone any worse, and I just thought maybe he can get a couple big buckets. Chris Paul couldn't either. Uh, Chris Paul just a terrible ending to the game too, as well. He's just that charge that was taken against him. Yes, like, that's like crucial, like that's clutch minutes where I think in the beginning of the season, even though we're we're in the beginning of the season, the first four or five games. Chris Paul and Booker would make the big shots but this game of course they just you couldn't count on them this game at all.
0: Yeah, I mean it was it was sloppy kind of all the way around. As a team, you know, they had 18 total turnovers and unfortunately a lot of those came right you know, I think 3 of them came in the last 2 minutes of the game when you're up 2 points and next thing you know you ha- you lose the game by 4 due to them due to yeah. kind of and and that's where having that layoff kind of comes into play. You know, this isn't a layoff where it was like okay, listen guys, you don't get to play the games. It was a, it was one where Umani was referencing it yesterday in his uh, post-practice conference, uh, conference, conference, yeah, conference is the right word there. Conference with the media, and he was talking about essentially how they have everyone had to stay home. Like these guys weren't coming into the practice facility, they weren't running practices, working on things. So you're going to be rusty, and unfortunately, at the end of the game, what are you going to do? You're going to put in Chris Paul's hand and Devin Booker's hand. You're going to say, "Go win it first, guys." And unfortunately, they just couldn't get it done. They were playing a little too fast. They were getting a little too far ahead of themselves. And they, they couldn't force the issue. And I like what Tyler O'Ryan says in the YouTube chat. He says, Book couldn't even get to the free throw line. And I think that's very valid, especially at the end of the game. You need to have the ability to go down. And I've said this numerous times. Go down and force the issue. Booker was 0 for 0 from the free throw, until free throw line tonight, Matthew. 0 for 0. Didn't even attempt a free throw. Is that crazy?
1: I mean, we're kind of used to that, right? I mean, he hasn't really gone to the free throw line this year. I feel like he, in the first quarter, there was a couple fouls I should that should have probably been called against him. I don't blame him for getting a little frustrated in the beginning and throwing the ball, kind of. But it's but then it's your fault a little bit too on some of those that weren't even a foul. But I'm kind of used to the idea that Booker can't get to the line. I don't count on him too. I feel like Da's maybe gotten the line more than him now this year, even though Da's been there five times. So that's what I look at. But also too. I think Booker needs to really focus on just just helping the team in other ways. If he can't make the shot, it's fine. If it's not going for you, unless you're wide open, shoot the ball. It's fine, but don't force anything and try to. And Jay Crowder had a few of those shots too, where he was forcing threes. A lot of weird play from this team, man. A lot of like kind of selfish play. A lot of Javon Carter play from all all parts of the team.
0: And you have Joe Morales in the chat. He said, I counted five times we threw up a last-second shot or had a violation. We literally have no system. And that kind of references your point. I mean, this team looked very out of sorts at the end. And I know, again, it's early, but it's not something we're necessarily used to with this team. I feel like in late-game situations and clutch moments, this team has performed very well up to this point in the season. And to see them kind of be discombobulated by a pesky Memphis Grizzlies team. I mean, give credit where credit is due. This team is pesky. They're long. They hustle. Uh, they're young. They they put you in bad situations and they switch very well on defense. But due to that, the Suns just kept bleeding that shot clock. I felt like I was watching, uh, you know, a football game where it's like a team's up by 10 points. So in the third quarter, they just start running the ball and praying that they can kind of run out the clock. And it caught up to them at the end because the team just didn't have it.
1: Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. And I don't know what it is. I honestly, I can't put a finger on it. And I think it's a lot of just missed opportunities during the play. Cause there's like players that are cutting and no one's throwing the ball. There's a couple times. I know we don't like Frank Kaminsky too much, but there's a couple times he's done that this yep. game. <laughs> it's like, you have him, you have to have him make a pass, but that's not going to happen. So it's just a lot of miscommunication, dude. So, I mean, it's like, okay, so we're 7-5 now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, do we keep making excuses? Like, I I know the COVID thing happened. And I know, like, we didn't play a game for five days. So they're rusty. So the next game, it's like, we have to come back and we're going to, we should win, right? I mean, if we don't win, is there more excuses? I just feel like this year is already filled with a bunch of excuses. Even though we are 7-5, where we should be, maybe like a 9 a nine and three team you know what I,
0: mean? I I agree with you and i think that when you look at the different performances you have to understand what this team is and know that it's not necessary i wouldn't say it's necessarily excuses it's just opportunities to be better because i'll tell you this you know it, it is mlk day i was watching a lot of different basketball games leading up to this i watched the the knicks game early mm-hmm. and then i watched the hawks play who did they play do you recall
1: no, I'm sorry. I wasn't able to watch a lot of
0: festivals. Oh, uh, the Hawks beat. Oh God, it's killing me. Uh, it's Minnesota. Um, yeah, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. It was bad basketball, like bad basketball. And and you forget what bad basketball looks like. I guess I don't necessarily forget because I'm a Suns fan. I've been dealing with it for 10 years, but I can definitely recognize bad basketball. And when I look at tonight, it's not necessarily bad basketball. I just feel like the Suns were outplayed. There's There's been some bad basketball points this season. And I, there's no excuses for us missing, you know, 35 three pointers. Okay, you make yeah. two of those, then you win the game. So that's practice. That's it's things of that nature. Tonight was a good game until like the last five minutes for the Suns. They had it in hand. I never really felt like this that, that we were going to lose this game until the uh, Grayson Allen hit that three. Which, uh, by the way, who was guarding him? Booker. He Booker. He
1: collapsed for some odd reason. There was five guys on John Morant in the paint. Like, yeah cover that. How many times has that happened to Booker where he collapses for no, like what's he going to do? A block a shot. Just stay and in your he, guy. And, and he's if, not
0: going there to get the rebound. Yeah. And that's the
1: only pass shot that can make is that baseline pass. So if you're there, Hey, there's nowhere for him to go. Either it's a turnover or he's out of bounds. So just stay on
0: your guy. Yeah. And he does it a little too often. I don't, I, I don't know why he collapses from the three on the weak side a lot. And Grayson sure. Allen's a guy who is one of the most hated guys in Duke history. And why? Because he could hit big shots from downtown. And that's exactly what he did tonight. And we turned it into the Grayson Allen show to in the game, and it was because of bad defense by Booker. Whereas for the majority of the game, the team as a whole was playing pretty decent defense. You know, again, the the team lost by only giving up 108 points. The problem is the 104. The problem is the turnovers. The problem is the entry passes. You know, I'll I'll, I'll ride this point home as long as I can. We came out in the second half and threw like three bad passes into Da. You yeah. know, I've, we we had four turnovers trying to feed DeAndre in the first two thirty of the half. So they, they got to work on these things. It, it's got to be turnovers. You know, yeah. the, maybe to your point, there comes a time when excuses aren't enough and you go, you know, we are who we are. And we are a team that's in the middle at seven and five. And we are a team that's learning. And we have a lot to learn. And, they, and if you play better at the beginning of the game, guess what? There's not as much stress at the end of the game. But to see them not close out a game on your birthday – just really upset me disappointing
1: and you know why i don't have a losers video yet because i didn't think we're going to be making or we're going to be losing these, these many games i thought we would have a lot of wins i keep adding stuff to my winning video that i'm we're going to get thrown away <laughs> thrown out of uh, youtube just because <laughs> you know the copyright stuff but i just want to throw some stuff on there and i put some new stuff and they keep losing so i can't even play it now but
0: yeah we're officially now. on a losing streak aren't we this is our first losing streak of the year this is two yeah. in a row oi Disgusting! Mm -hmm. Get this taste out of our mouth. Yes. So, if if you were to give, well, let's play the intro. Jam
1: star
0: of the game. So, who is your jam star of the game? Is it Devin Booker tonight? And if you're watching along live, let us know in the chat as well.
1: Yeah, Devin Booker. I mean, I'm just. (laughs) <laughs> you know, poor guy, sorry i keep rocking back and forth you know i got this whole setup i'll never have ready. um it has to be deandre aiden right we already did aiden the aiden uh thing we do in the yeah <laughs> for the
0: podcast. it has to be in 2021
1: yeah, the aiden watch i it has to be aiden just a fantastic game dude it's, it's great to see him play this way and then hopefully he goes on social media even though he's never on there thank god god bless him Seriously. for not being on there and just give a big uh uh, freak you all freak everybody you know freak all of them for what they said about me you know what i mean i'm i'm, I'm deandre Ayton, dude number one pick 2017 was it wasn't eight, 2018
0: and 16 <laughs> yeah i'm number yeah. one pick
1: <laughs> exactly dude and he came out and proved it against not really nobody but it was it was what we had to have so it wasn't a blowout because if da doesn't show up this game it might have just been a blowout
0: yeah, it might have been. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, the shooting wasn't necessarily there, again, for the Suns tonight. You look at their overall percentage. They shot 41% from uh, three-point land and, you know, not horrible. 45% from the field, so, again, not horrible. Uh, out-rebounded the team. Uh, they were out-assisted by one. They had 30 assists on 40 made field goals. So, I mean, those are all positive signs. The 18 turnovers to the, Memphis's, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies' 15 turnovers isn't something that you necessarily want to see. Uh, but again, you know, we, we caught, we created more fouls than we gave out. So, I mean, I think that again, we have to have the ability to get to the line, but I'm, I'm with you. It's got to obviously be Deandre Ayton and his 18 and 16. You just wish that somebody else out there tonight really kind of stepped up. I mean, l- look at the final box scores for these guys. Cam Johnson, 10 points, Mikael Bridges, 17 points. Uh, Chris Paul had 16 points. You have Devin Booker who had 12. So every one of our starters were in double figures. Our bench, however, wasn't as productive as the Grizzlies. And that's probably one of the reasons we lost. Crowder, five points. Kaminsky, eight points. Campaign, five points. Javon Carter, eight points. Langston Galloway, five points. So that's what? 15, 16. That's 31 points from our bench. And you look at the opposition. They had, what, 19, 23, 33, 49 points. 49 to 31. There's your quick math.
1: Okay, so Langston Galloway, was he hurt? Did something happen to him? Because he comes in, he's two for two on field goals. He's really probably the guy that can really help your offense get going. Just hit the big shots. Plays nine minutes.
0: Yeah, so I don't I, 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 put I, him I, in I, at um, the end of the game, man. He's more of a firecracker yeah. than Devin Booker is right now. I love, We're, yeah, I love
1: campaign too. But if you want someone to like really bring your team like back into the game, he's the guy. Especially if he's two for two, one for one on three. Just until his hot hand leaves, just keep playing him. I feel like.
0: Yeah, I just, it's something that I don't understand is why we continually pulled Links to Gallo and we don't give him an opportunity to cook uh, in the second half. I mean, he always says that he he always, thank you. That's pretty good, pretty good (laughs) math, pretty quick. Um, Real quick, uh, shout out to all the jamsters who are watching along, see what they say. We have Miss Angelina 211. She says DA. Coda Kid says uh, DA hands down. Humble Rumble says terminating. I love it. Um, Vincent Stefanelli, it's Matt's B day. Make him the Jam Star, Matthew. You're oh, the Jam Star it. today.
1: Appreciate it.
0: Uh, Humble Rumble also Terminator. We have Infinite Tranquility dominating. So plenty of. Uh, looks like everybody's agreeing so far on the fact that the Jam Star of the game is DeAndre Ayton, mm-hmm. and Raymond Gonzalez probably has it right too. Uh, Grayson Allen, I <laughs> mean, that guy. The last five minutes,
1: happen. you knew it was going to happen. As yeah. soon as you just saw him on the court, you know I'm like, it's if this game's close, you know he's gonna be hitting a big shot.
0: Well, I honestly thought it would come down to Dylan Brooks doing some of yeah. his foul bullshit at the end of the game, screaming, <laughs> uh, and it would come down to free throws. I mean, I yeah, is Dylan Brooks for you? I know he is for me, but is he for you? Like the the classic top five in the NBA guys that just bothers bothers the shit out of you?
1: Not as much, and it's weird because I kind of like him. I mean, I. I don't like Memphis. Is a tough, there. Memphis is a tough team. I know I hate them because they beat the Suns all the time, it seems like, but there's a point to where it's just like they're young, fun, and Dylan Brooks is like a guy that we thought we got him back in a in a trade for a reason. What was it, two years ago? Mm-hmm. And I was super excited because I love him. I love his game and I've always liked him since college. And I think that he's just he's one of those annoying players, but not too bad for me. I mean, that's maybe annoying to say. As a Suns fan, but he's not that bad of a guy to me on the court.
0: For me, he's just your classic overreactor. He's, you know, he's the guy who you swear someone's taking a crowbar to his ribs every time he drives down the lane. The way he screams and yelps. I mean, it sounds like a dog's being kicked, you know, on the on the way to the the rim. And I just it annoys me. And like the Suns don't ever really we've never really had that guy play for our team. You know, it's like Chris Paul before Chris Paul came here. You were never a fan of Chris Paul because the way that he could play the refs and the the clutchness that he had and the ability to just kind of shut a game down when you were going against him and that's why you hated him. Now he plays for your team you're mm-hmm. like sweet, we got that going for us except tonight. But we've never really had the guy who just like screams every time he touches the ball. And somebody on Twitter posted something from him playing at Oregon where he did like this fade away, fall down, uh mm-hmm. flop when he played for the University of, of Oregon and it's just like There's just certain guys in the league that just really grind my gears. And like Dylan Brooks is top five. And I can come up with the whole list another time, but I he's definitely somebody who just really annoys me. You know, thankfully he didn't have a good game because I was really not looking forward to if we had lost, had to sit here and talk about how amazing Dylan Brooks was. He was one for ten with three points. (laughs) So he usually good. on the
1: offensive end. That that part's maybe more, may more annoying. I feel like on the offensive end, he usually has a good game against us. But yeah, maybe that's why he didn't annoy me too much tonight because it was an offensive game. But um, he's he's up there, I guess. But just not tonight. I didn't really care. I was more mad and more upset just from watching Devin Booker play tonight.
0: Yeah, I think that everybody is kind of wondering what's going on with him, and I know that we've definitely I mean, had no. that conversation. No. What's that? said something's up
1: even when he had a couple good games, like something is still, you know, something's off because he's been on, I mean, this is his fifth year. So, or is it six? Jeez.
0: Yeah. Six years. Six years. Yeah. But for some reason, there's been some sort of digression and we've talked about, maybe it's him trying to find his place in this offense or maybe it's him trying to understand when where he can take over and when he should defer and I, and I understand these things but we're 12 games into the season which is right about the time the Suns would would have gone through a training camp and gone through preseason and he should be a little bit more refined he just had an off night man it happens. He, yeah. he took the shots. They weren't horrible shots. It's not like Devin Booker was out there throwing up bullshit. He was taking his normal shots. he just couldn't get him to go. Little running floaters in the lane just were hitting the back of the rim every time. His jump shot was a little too firm. I mean, everything was just a little – he put a little too much zest on it. And unfortunately, if if one of those three-pointers goes in the last two – and again, this is I feel like this is every game. If we had made one more shot, we would have won the yeah. game, Matthew. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you say that always make a lot. excuses.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, that's every game. That's even football, too. You know, if it bounces your way just one one time, you win the game. But Aiden or for Devin Booker, I felt like even his playmaking was a little bit better this game in the beginning of the game with Aiden. I think I mentioned that earlier, but I just, he did a good job with Aiden on the pick and roll. There's a few times there. I want to see more of that to where he just got back to ISO ball in a way to where he was just trying to get to his shot, but he did. And he just kept missing them. And they, I mean, there's nothing more you can say that he was just missing his shots. So, so it's not like we hate you. We don't want to trade Devin Booker. Uh, that's never going to happen this year. We gotta we have to go forward with this team. Unless we have an addition like a PJ Tucker for nothing, even though I think he makes too much money. Someone like that just to come and help this team even more defensively and on the three-point end. But
0: Well, every, everybody in the chat is obviously calling out the Jenner curse, and that's what this is yeah. officially. We've officially gone into curse watch mode. And Koda Kids, he might be right. We definitely need a Booker watch. We might have to start dropping the Booker watch uh, drop just to make sure you know to talk about it every night because he consistently just isn't but it, ha- it, done.
1: <laughs> it has to be a picture of uh, uh kendall jenner though yes yes of,
0: uh, so you got a lot of people i think i've seen this a couple times a couple times in the chat and i guess this is my, yeah. my my time for my shameless plug if you are watching long please remember to hit the thumbs up button hit the little bell to notify when we go live, please subscribe to the sun's jam session, YouTube channel. And if you're listening on the podcast, please subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcast as well. Uh, Coda kid says in the chat, and I think a lot of people said, it's like, I'm trading Devin for Beal. What would you think if somehow, some way that happened? I don't, I know we are really, this isn't real. We're not trading yeah. for Beal. We're not saying we should trade for Beal, but what'd you think if it actually happened?
1: The only thing I got to say about that is when they do go up against each other, even this season where it's Booker versus Beal,
0: Oh, you mean I like last like, game?
1: Yeah. And we lost I by 21? <laughs> yeah, that game. Um... <laughs> It always seems like Beal has the upper hand. I don't know if it's because I think Booker has or he's had the better playmaking ability than Bill, but there's just something that Beal has that Booker doesn't. And it's just, it's more of a confidence. You can count on Beal more, but of course, Beal hasn't won anything. He's been on that losing team for a long time, just like Booker has. There's just something that Beal has over Booker. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to trade for him at all, but it's just when they go head to head, I'm always scared because I always feel like Bill's going to come out on top of that matchup, and he usually does.
0: So, well, well, Bill is a pure scorer, and I feel like Booker is kind of in between a scorer and a playmaker. So that's one of the reasons I like Devin Booker more is he is a more complete player. Uh, You know, Bill's the guy who's going to put up 38 points and you lose. Of course, I guess that's Booker some nights too. But I just I like the fact that uh, that Devin Booker has that versatility. Overall, and he's working on his defense a little bit. Um, Bradley Beal would be an interesting addition to this team, but obviously it's not something that we're necessarily going to explore for too much longer because it will never happen. So we'll just let that one go. Never. All right, so up next for the Suns, we will play again on Wednesday, hopefully. I'm hoping. I'm hoping there's no more postponements. Because again, it sucks to lose the Grizzlies. And I, I think one of the reasons I'm not as pissed off as I normally am following a loss is the fact that we got to watch basketball today. It was a three o'clock game. It was nationally televised. I had the day off. I had an opportunity to sit and watch basketball all day and it was, it was fun. I mean, a loss sucks, but at the same time, like at least we got to watch the basketball man. This past week, I've been watching so much mad men drinking so much whiskey and wondering why Don Draper cheats on his wife so much. I mean, there's just like, there's so much more productive ways to spend my time. And a lot of that revolves around Phoenix Suns basketball. So if we do play, our next game is on Wednesday at the yeah. Rockets, seven thirty tip on ESPN. So it's written wrong. If, if you're watching on the screen, it says up next Suns at Rockets, seven thirty p.m. on Wednesday p.m. ESPN. <laughs> stay on I ESPN. That one, right? Yeah, I think that was a Matthew <laughs> error. Um, so what are, what are your thoughts on the Rockets? Obviously, James Harden's now gone. Their yeah. backcourt is Victor Oladipo and uh, John Wall, and you got Christian Wood. I mean, they're a team that's kind of on the rise, right?
1: No, I mean they would be if they weren't so injured. I mean, I don't even think Chris Paul or Chris Paul, John Wall, and uh, Demarcus Cousins are even playing in this game. I mean, I think Cousins is doubtful. John Wall's—he's missed the last two games of Cleveland tonight. He's not playing. So not to have them, I mean, it's that uh, you would think maybe on the rise, but they're a little bit of an older team. Christian Ward is, of course, dominant, but what it would be and it'd be like we're in purgatory if basically the Suns get covid tracing again and then we got to like keel, still think about this this terrible loss of Memphis. It it's almost the same thing too like we're facing the Houston Rockets team where they should be beatable. Like I said they don't really have a lot of players playing again. Like every play every team we play but then we just come out and lay an egg. So it's going to be interesting to see cuz I wanted to I wanted to ask you too like James Harden leaving do you think it was rude the way he left? Absolutely. A lot of players you think
0: so okay. Absolutely. I mean, again, the the player empowerment era is something that it's frustrating to watch because you know that at some point, Devin Booker could do the same thing. You you, you obviously hope it never gets to that point for Booker and the Suns, but when you have a blueprint like what James Harden did, it does exist. I mean, the guy's got two years left on his contract, and he just didn't want to play anymore. And he goes into – I mean, the way he actually played was – not beneficial, beneficial to the team. He wasn't putting any effort in post game press conferences. He's, he's referencing how this, you know, he's done everything he can and it's just not going to work. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, all, all these things. So he's essentially forcing himself out. Now, granted, you know, you got to give the Rockets some props. They got a return on him. You know, in the Suns situation, they'd probably never get a return on him like uh, like Houston did. We always, we'd get like they get nothing. Greg Monroe and, uh, you 15, know, a second 000. round pick. Yeah. 15 yeah. grand and like a new webcam or something. So, I mean, there's. <laughs> There's, there's not a lot of uh, – the, the precedent that James Harden set is just really frustrating, and I was listening to – I think it was the, the Ringer NBA show, and they were talking about – it's like, listen, the player empowerment era is really like the all-NBA empowerment era because it's only really yeah, there for guys that. who want to uh, – who are all-NBA guys who want to do it. It's like Dario Sarge isn't going to sit there and be like, I don't like what's going on in Phoenix. I want out of here, you know, and, and not yep. and, and forcing something. But Dem Booker's is somebody who in a couple of years could do that. Yeah, And when you see what James Harden did, it's just it's not good for the fan. And I am a yeah. fan.
1: I, I don't mind it in the way just because teams are so harsh. I mean, look at poor Ricky Rubio. I mean, he had his best career year with the mm-hmm. Suns and he got us to a better record um, in the bubble. He helped us and then, oh, you're out of here for Chris Paul. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. maybe Chris Paul, of course, maybe forces way in somehow behind the scenes to get here. But I think that it it, it can go both ways. I think you have to do that now as a superstar to get yourself out of where you don't want to be. He's been there too long. I cannot watch, James Harden on that Rockets team anymore. I want. I needed to switch up, so <laughs> I was very. I I was actually very happy he did that. But yeah, if Booker does do that by that time, I feel like Suns fans would be annoyed of him and just want him to be gone anyways. If that does happen, so I think it kind of happens that way to where Houston Rockets fans are like, all right, just get out of here. Let's just restart. I mean, we've had you for eight years or whatever. That's enough. Nothing. You haven't won a championship, so why would we? We would even want you anymore. You know what I mean?
0: They never even got to an NBA finals. I know. I mean, so like I can see his. Especially with some of that talent that they have there, knowing that you're getting the pick haul that you're going to get, like yeah. it, it, it was a good trade for them. You know, like I said, now now you look at this team, the Rockets. They played a night against the Chicago Bulls, so that could potentially be a win. They're currently four and seven on the season. Uh, their last four games, they've won one and lost three. You know, two of those were back to back to the Lakers, and they won. Then they split a back to back against the Spurs. So they're a team that is uh, much akin to the Suns. They're learning to play with each other. They got a lot of new pieces. Um, they have a brand new head coach in uh, Silas, uh, Paul Silas's son. So it will be really interesting to see if the Suns can come out and, and impose their will. I mean, the, the slow starts for the Suns need to stop. They just need to stop. I mean, that that's what it comes down to. Yeah. We keep coming out and we're just not aggressive. And you look at the games in which the Suns came out and put up quality first quarters, 30 points plus in the first quarter. And we've dominated those games. Uh, somebody on Twitter tonight put something to, to the effect that the Suns are 27th in first quarter scoring and like 24th in fourth quarter scoring. We do the majority of our scoring in the second and the third, where we're primarily being, you know, assisted by our yeah. second team. We we need to change that that narrative. We need to change the conversation.
1: That was a recipe, though. The Suns would come out, score the thirty, and then not play too much defense. Second quarter, they would lock down, and then just really shut out the team in the second half. I mean, that's what it was when they were winning games. It would be nice to get back to that again. You switch up the offense again, the the starting five. So now we just have to struggle and see if we can find our way because we were so lost, you know, in going seven and four with that starting lineup. We were so lost as a team. We couldn't figure it out how to get Aiton the ball. Aiton, just give him the damn ball. That's all they did was just give him the damn ball. There was nothing different besides Cam. <laughs> Johnson had a few good passes to him. Besides that, Jay Crowder's shooting almost 40% from three. Like, how much more do you want this floor to be spread? And like, I just don't understand what why we were doing this tonight. I'm not blaming the loss on that. I'm just saying, why even do that right now? But Sorry.
0: No, I think I think the loss it's it's square on Devin Booker's shoulders tonight. I think the team played well. Everybody up and down the box score looks like they had a good game. The eye test was that they had a good game, and just Booker didn't. You know, and unfortunately, yeah. when your top paid guy, well, Chris Paul is now the top paid guy, but your young budding superstar is putting up a five for twenty one spot. You're not going to win those games. That's a lot of wasted possessions. Uh, that's a lot of wasted opportunities, and. As Booker goes, you know no, normally it's how how uh, Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges go. Well, they both had decent games. You know, a, a, a total of twenty-seven points b- between them, a total of twelve rebounds between them, total five assists between them. Could be better, but you know it's a little bit different. You can't utilize that narrative when they're both, I guess, starting. But Devin Booker's five for twenty-one. I mean, that's just that's just a killer, man.
1: Yeah, that's all right, book. Just get some good sleep. Whatever's going on in your personal life, we'll back you, dude.
0: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll I let it that. go, let it go. He's not even watching. He doesn't even care. <laughs> he doesn't um, care about us? <laughs> uh, I think that's all I got for this oh, podcast. You minutes. know,
1: holy poop. Yeah, that's it goes by lot. quick,
0: doesn't it? Goes by yeah. quick. Um, is there anything else? You know, again, it's your birthday. Yeah. What'd you do for your birthday? Anything fun, exciting, strange? No, I, I
1: bought myself a cake. I went to my room. Did, Did you sing
0: happy birthday to yourself? That
1: was three days ago, the cake's still in there wow yeah that's all i did well, i bought myself a candle though it's at two years old so that's, that's all i could afford just one
0: number oh man well yeah we can't we couldn't even afford to give you the three for your 32 huh <laughs> well it's because it's because the suns can't make a three inside yeah. two minutes left in the game so no, exactly. uh humble rumble says it's his birthday too so maybe you guys are birthday buddies Capricorns. There, so, yeah,
1: so capricorn,
0: Cap- capricorn so capricorn we'll, it up a lot of uh, happy birthdays in the chat for Matthew. And again, thank you to everybody who um, is joining us. We really appreciate it. We got Al Godet uh following us all the way from Delaware. Shout nice. out to Delaware. Everybody from all over, all, all over, all over the sun, all the Jamsters are given some love. So Vincent Stefanelli says, we need to give you a stripper, but it's going to be really hard to do that through social distancing. Like, you have to be yeah. six away from her at all times. Both got to wear masks. mom wasn't
1: available. So, oh, oh I'm just joking. Dude.
0: <laughs> burnt. I've been burnt. Okay. On that note, we're going to end the podcast. We're going to remind everybody who's watching to please subscribe to the Suns Jam Session podcast <laughs> wherever you get your pods. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Suns Jam. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Matthew, let's see. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button in the YouTube chat. And hopefully, you'll be hearing from us come around 9 30 Arizona time, following a victory on Wednesday over the Houston Rockets. Until then, my beer's empty. Time to go get another one. So, happy Martin Luther King Day to everybody. And happy birthday to you, Matthew.
1: Yeah, thank you. Everyone, go home and love your family.
0: Take care, everybody.